BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022. Investments like acquiring America's largest biogas producer, Arkea Energy, and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Welcome in to episode four of NASCAR Coast to Coast here on the Motor Racing Network, where we talk all things grassroots short track racing. I'm Chris Wilner, live here in the Concord, Charlotte area, North Carolina studios. With me, we've got an in-studio guest for the first time here in season number, what is this, 10, Kyle Ricky, My co-host Kyle Ricky joining, this is 10, Kyle Ricky, right behind me from Killingly, Connecticut. But in-studio, Rob Blount from Flow Racing. And Rob, it's been a big season for short track racing on the pavement side for Flow, welcoming in the NASCAR Grassroots Initiative. You're a part of it as a contact content director. Tell me what you do here as far as from the Flow standpoint. Yeah, well, first of all, thank you both for having me on. This is this is pretty cool. But um, basically what we're doing is we're just trying to pump up everything uh, NASCAR Grassroots as possible. Now that NASCAR and Flow have joined into a contract that they announced back in December, it's just find a way to get as many eyes on it as possible. Obviously, Flow has a ton of subscribers, but the goal is always to get more, and that's where we come in. So just try to make as cool stuff as possible and Hopefully people will watch it and then say, hey, that was that was pretty awesome. I'm going to watch watch that race on Friday or Saturday night. So that's what we're all about. And it's awesome for what Kyle and I do here on the show, talking grassroots racing, to now have a platform that we can consistently catch up with what's going on, watch all these races, including the World Series of Asphalt that you were just at. World Series was fantastic. I mean, that was really cool. Like, What, what better way to start off the NASCAR and Flow partnership than nine straight nights of racing, super late models, pro late models, a massive field of tour type modifieds. And then the debut for the NASCAR Wheel of Modified Tour at New Smyrna Speedway in front of a sold out capacity crowd. I mean, just an, an absolute awesome way to start everything off. You really couldn't have asked for a better way. Was there much of a, a burnout effect for you? I know that there are some folks that covered that event in the past that, boy, by the time they get to night five or six, which is like Wednesday or Thursday night, uh, they're pretty well spent, and there wasn't much weather this week, so there were—I don't think there were any rainouts. Uh, so there was no nights off. How how how'd you get through it? How'd you hold up? So for me, since I've I'm brand new to flow, I've only been here literally this past Friday was the end of my second week. So for me, they're like, we're gonna we're gonna ease you back in. So I went okay. down on Wednesday for the Blewett race and stayed all the way through the end of the week. Uh, my my co partners. They were down there starting with the, the Short Track Super Series on the dirt side at, at Alltech Raceway. Then they went over to New Smyrna. They did all nine nights. They were feeling it by the end. Uh, I was doing some work from home, but for me, it was I was pretty refreshed. I, I've, done, I've done the full nine days before. It can be rough. This one was so much better. I could have gone for another five. Well, just wait till uh, if you get the chance to go back on the dirt side and go do like the Tulsa shootout or the Chili Bowl because <laughs> – uh, a whole week of that was uh, something in itself. It's a lot of fun, but it's really cool to have the pavement short track stuff uh, now on the platform, and uh, we can't wait to see uh, all the content you get to produce. But we, we want to talk to you about the World Series of Asphalt because obviously you were there, and it started 
what, a week and a half ago now, and it was just an incredible week of racing. We had, like he mentioned, all kinds of action going on, and it wrapped up Friday and Saturday. And uh, But back on Tuesday, we had the ARCA East uh, season opener with Sammy Smith. What a race that was to kick off the ARCA Menards East Series, and a, a series that's always super competitive, and it was from the drop of the green flag. He and Taylor Gray put on a show for the entire race. I mean, I, I remember a point... On lap 40, they had driven away from the rest of the field, and they were side-by-side side for about four straight laps, leaning on each other. Taylor Gray gets sideways, almost wrecks, collects it in turn one, and I'm sitting there going, guys, you've got like another 160 laps to go. What are you <laughs> doing? But that's just how it was all race long. I mean, to kick off this the schedule that way, uh, it's going to be a great year for them. I'm excited that we've got them all season long. Uh, it's it, it's going to be fun. They always put on a great race at New Smyrna, so I wasn't expecting any different last Tuesday. Last year's winner, Max Gutierrez, finishing in third. Leland Honeyman, one of the rookies in fourth. Donald Teej, one of the veterans, rounding out the top five. But uh, you think it's going to be pretty much Sammy and Taylor running for this championship all year, Rob? If Tuesday's any indication, I, I think so. They, they were so even, but head and shoulders above the rest of the field. I, I, there was a point, they're, they're battling together for the lead, and they were like three, four seconds ahead of each other. At one point, I think, uh, right before that brief shower came, uh, they had lapped all the way up to fifth place. So if that's any indication, it's going to be them two going at it. But if they're as equal as they as they were last Tuesday, every race is going to be worth tuning into because they're going to be going at it hard all race long, all season long. Sammy Smith also uh, backing up uh, not only the Arca East win, but then taking home the championship for the World Series of Asphalt in the super late model division. Those races have been super entertaining all week long. I mean, I was locked and loaded from the drop of the green flag on the first one. Just the intense racing, and then some guy, William Byron, shows up and wins <laughs> two of the biggest ones during the whole week. So how exciting was it to watch the Super Lates compete? And it's another a field that continues to grow each and every each and every year. Yeah, it was great. You know, they, they didn't have the car count that they sometimes normally do. There were some nights where they only had, like, 12 cars, but those 12 cars were good 12 cars. I mean, when, when you're sitting there, got Stephen Nassie, Bubba Pollard, uh, a guy who's just running the Cup Series last few years, and Ryan Priest, William Byron shows up and races. Derek Griffith, who's won the championship there the the last couple of years. It was a stout field, and a name I just left out is defending track champion Brad May, who won the the, the opener. What a field! So every night you had guys that you knew could win all the way through the field. Uh, which honestly, you you mentioned William Byron makes his two nights that much more impressive because with those names there. The way he just ran away from all of them was really something to watch. Kyle, Donnie Wilson Motorsports sweeps the 100-lap events there at New Smyrna. I mean, powerhouse organization each and every year, but the load of talent they have as well and just the way they won those races is pretty impressive. Won the Clyde Hart Memorial to start the week, won the Orange Blossom 100 to end the week with William behind the wheel. And Rob, you mentioned uh, William, you mentioned Ryan Priest showed up uh, for a few events this past weekend. How important is it, uh, and, you know, we're going to talk a lot about this with Flow this year, connecting NASCAR's grassroots to NASCAR's national series um, and having guys like, you know, Larson and Bell, and, and we've seen it now with Chase Elliott, those guys on dirt, and having some of these guys come over to the asphalt world as well and, and connect those fans to, to short track racing and the national series. I think it's massive, and, and you mentioned Larson and Bell. We've seen that over the last few years on the dirt side, but it, it seemed like on the pavement side it was lacking a little bit. Now, obviously, Ryan's done so much and is modified whenever he gets a chance to, but seeing William come back and run a super late model, whereas he's had a lot of success throughout his still relatively short career. Um, they say a rising tide lifts all ships, right? So 
if you can get some of those NASCAR Cup Series or Top 3 Series only fans to go and watch those other levels, it's going to be big. And, they, and maybe go, hey, I didn't realize I have a track 20 minutes from home that I can go to. And, and, and that's the goal, right, is to make sure that if we can get the short tracks to survive, it's going to be even better for the upper levels as well. So Ryan Priest finished second there on the finale, the Orange Blossom 100, Sammy Smith third, Daniel Dye fourth, and Jesse Love round out the top five. Now, I do want to talk quickly, too, about the Pro Late Models because that championship went down to the absolute wire, and it was a, a bulk of circumstance where he had Michael Hine basically have it throughout the whole week. He lost it and then regained it due to some unfortunate luck by another driver, Connor Jones. So walk us through that, just the chaos of the Pro Late Models this week. It looked like Michael Hine was just going to walk away with it, right? Like he'd done so much winning throughout the whole week. And then I believe it was Thursday night, he gets crashed. And it's like, wow, this, this whole thing hit. would be up in the air. Like, yeah. And it was a big hit, yes. So what they ended up doing was they, they took their super late model and changed motors out of it, put the pro late model engine and super late model and were able to race on Saturday night. And the car wasn't as good as the, pro, the true pro late model had been all week, but it was good enough to finish third in that race and get the championship unbelievable connor jones crashed with 28 laps to go kyle and handed the championship right back to michael yeah. hine pretty incredible yep michael hine picking up the championship there caden honeycutt won the final event of the week the heart to heart 100 uh which i think uh rob was what caution free i believe or it was close to caution free not a lot of caution in that event yeah it was for the way the pro late models raced all week <laughs> long it was as clean of a race as you could hope for it to have i think they had about one um but they 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 were wild all week long, but at the end of each race, it was worth the show. Oh, most certainly was. Most certainly was. So congratulations once again to Connor Jones taking, or excuse me, Michael Hine taking home the championship there. Unreal for the pro late models. And then we talked tour type modifieds, which again, from the drop of the 2022 season, Kyle and I were talking about the car counts continue to rise. Modified racing is back and New Smyrna put on a heck of a show. Went down once again to big money, Matt Hirschman versus Showtime, Jimmy Blewett. Jimmy Blewett takes the championship, but Matt Hirschman continues to rack in the dollars, doesn't he? Uh, that's why his nickname is <laughs> Big Money, right? I mean, if it's a if it's a long distance, high paying race, the sixty car is going to be there at the end of it. And and if I was a competitor, I knew come Thursday, I'm worried for Friday night because he goes out there and wins a thirty five lap race. So we've seen him win a two hundred lapper with a modified tour to start off the week. Then he goes and wins a seventy six. Then he wins a thirty five, and you're going. Well, man, even if tomorrow comes down to a short run, he's still got us covered. Right, right. So it's just, it's Matt Hirschman. You know he's going to be there. He excels at New Smyrna Speedway, and he did it again, although still didn't get the championship because it just one bad night, and that shows you how tough that week is. Fifth time in six years he won the Richie Evans Memorial 100. That is Matt Hirschman. Kyle, I mean, if you were in Vegas putting money, you put your money on Matt this week? I mean, who else would you? I w yes, I would have put my money on Matt, but I, I don't. I don't think I would have put my money on Jimmy to win the championship. I mean, unreal numbers for, for Jimmy and that Tommy Baldwin racing team, second, third, second, second, second. I mean, how much more wow. consistent can you get than that and not win? Um, an incredible field of modifieds down there. Uh, Matt Hirschman continues to break the records. I think he tied or broke Ted Christopher's record as far as Richie Evans, record, 100 yeah. wins. So, uh, I mean, the, the two superstars of, of, Speed weeks, you know, were one, two most of the week and Matt and Jimmy and in what was an incredible field of nearly 50 cars that that either competed or tried to compete during the course of of the five nights of racing down there. That was really cool was talking to Matt and Victory Lane after Friday night's race, because obviously with his family lineage and how long he's been in the modifieds now, he 
he knows the history of the modifieds knows the history of modifieds at new smyrna speedway so he it, it was it really meant something to him to break that tie with ted christopher for most wins in in that race it's like this is the race of the week that i want to win and now i've done it six times and now i'm the all-time winningest driver in it and beating ted christopher for it is a, like a lifetime achievement is basically what it, what he was saying in victory lane that night so that was in itself really cool to seeing the the admiration that he still has for someone like ted christopher well it's a special win for matt hirschman a special championship for jimmy blewett and i tell you what i'm having a lot of fun in studio with you rob kyle you as well but we make it more fun. Let's add in Jimmy Blewett himself. He's on the line, and he's coming up next on NASCAR Coast to Coast. Back here on NASCAR Coast to Coast, wrapping up uh, a busy nine nights of racing at New Smyrna Speedway over the last couple of weeks. Five of those nights featured the tour-type modifieds uh, for, for the New Smyrna World Series Championship. And, man, what a field of cars that were on hand uh, over the course of those five nights, over 40 every night trying to qualify into these events. And uh, Mr. Consistency, Jimmy Blewett picked up his second World Series track championship 14 years after the first. Jimmy, first off, thanks for joining us here on NASCAR Coast to Coast. Thanks, guys. Thanks for having me on. A, a great week for you. Uh, I guess we'll, we'll start by talking about the, the consistency that you did have. No wins, but you had to be satisfied with the results that you got, including a several, what, two, I think three second place finishes and all finishes on the podium. Yeah, I think at the end they ran it up with four seconds and a third. And, uh, you know, that's, that's something you can't do without a good team behind you. You know, Tommy Baldwin Racing just prepared me such a phenomenal car right off the trailer. You know, the, the fine tuning that we did to it was, was, was pretty pretty minute you know all week long you know the guys just like i said they gave me such a good piece to start with you know basically i just had to kind of do my job and uh and keep the car up front you know the whole week which uh which we ended up doing jimmy we talked uh kyle and i did going into the world series of asphalt just the quality of the modified field that we've had over the last couple of years, but really in particularly this year talk to from your experience and being around this as long as you have just where we're at in terms of modified racing. I mean, it, I think this has been the best start to the year in a while, just in terms of the quality of field. What do you think? Oh, absolutely. You know, this is my 22nd year racing modifieds. And, uh, you know, what NASCAR did by kicking off down there, I think was probably one of the best things we've done in a long time. You know, although majority of the guys come from the New England area and, and, and from up in the Northeast, you know, um, it was just, I think, the whole having Daytona there, having NASCAR, everybody from NASCAR in that vicinity at the same time, it was just something, you know, New Smyrna Speedway, everybody knows there's a lot of history there with the modifieds. It goes back a, a lot of years, a number of years. And, um, you know, just to just to see the car count that we had for the modified tour and the amount of people that we had even the day that we parked, you know, I got there a day earlier than I normally do this year. Because uh, when I had booked everything to stay, we were supposed to practice on Thursday. So I had got there. And then that practice had got canceled, uh, being that they had scheduled the NASCAR race. And when I got there and I seen the amount of people that were already there and the buzz that was already in the air there, I knew right away. I said to myself, man, this is going to be a really cool week, seeing how many people are here, how many cars are signed up, you know, especially for the modifieds. We had, we had basically all our top guys there. I mean, we had everybody there for the tour race, but throughout the, the week we were only really missing a couple top names you know from from modified racing in general you know so uh it was just really nice to see the car counts back up the people there 
a lot of familiar faces, a lot of people I haven't seen in a while back out at the track again. So all, all the way around, it was just uh, something special and, and something uh, I was glad to be a part of. Yeah, speaking to, to the health of the Modifieds, like Saturday for the debut of the Modified Tour at New Smyrna, sellout crowd, they were turning people away that evening. For you as a competitor and a veteran competitor, you've seen so many cool things. How special was that to be a part of a sellout crowd there? It was just, like I said, it was something special. You know, back when my brother was alive, you know, we always talked about it. Like, man, imagine if they, they had the opener at uh, New Smyrna. You know, imagine if they had it here every year. It, how great would that be? You know, you're down here. You, you, you could race your opening race and then race the whole week. You know, what's better than getting up, waking up in the morning in Florida, walking on the beach, grabbing some breakfast and coffee, and then going to the racetrack and race all day and come back and do it again? every day for us for five days we don't have the nine nights like we used to but if they told us i think it was 20 nights i think we'd all stay for 20 you know so uh it was just it was just special to be a part of that you know the inaugural i mean obviously i would have wanted to finish better in the tour race but just to be a part of it uh was special enough for me and my guys what do you attribute this resurgence to because it wasn't that long ago uh the modifieds down at new smyrna you know, you, a good night would be, you know, 15, 16, 17 cars. And now there are drivers that are unable to race because there are so many and, and you can only start so many around that racetrack, average of 35 starters last week. Well, the last five years, we have really seen this, the tour type modifieds really build back up down there. Why? Truthfully, I'm going to give uh, all the credit to uh, Ricky Brooks as far as, as far as getting the tech in line down there, we had Ricky Brooks down there in the, uh, everybody calls it the room of doom. You go in there, anybody that knows short track racing and, and, and anything else knows Ricky Brooks and how strict him and his guys were, you know, and, and for, for years there, a number of years there, it was a free for all, you know, and I feel like if they don't just, if they don't get back to, to that, that, uh, you know, way of doing things where, you know, guys can just get away with anything. Um, you'll keep the car counts, you know, if people feel that they can bring anything they got and be competitive with it, you know, you know whether it's from the True Value Series or, or Modified Racing Series or whatever other series is, NASCAR Wheel and Modified Tour, ROC, you know, to name a few of the Smart Modified Series, you know, it's, you know, they had to get a set of rules that kind of put everybody on the same, on the same ground, same common ground, and, uh, you know, I, I'd say about four or five years ago now, that that started to be applied. And uh, this year, they did a great job teching again. Um, they were they were honest and they were on top of things. And uh, it's just nice to see them continue that. You know, Ricky Brooks isn't there anymore, unfortunately. But the, the track management, um, you know, took that back on themselves and got the right guys, I feel, to do the job right now. And uh, hopefully we can just continue to, to keep that going forward. And I, I think you'll see an uptick in, in car count, you know, from here on out. You alluded to it in post-race, but and we talked about it just briefly here uh, this afternoon, about how difficult five nights of racing is, especially to kick off a season. For the fans at home that watch this thinking, how in the world do they turn around to do this night after night? I mean, what kind of you know mentality does it take for you as a driver? Obviously, being consistent, keeping your cart clean is probably the biggest thing, but just for you and your team, how do you guys are able to turn around and, and keep the momentum going night after night after night? Because you know we typically don't do this you know during the course of, of the season. And then again, that goes right back to Tommy Baldwin and his guys. You know, the, I, I, 
he told me just get here at this this time. You know, he knows I'm used to running my own team and stuff back home. You know, he knows. You know, I'm the I'm usually the guy that sets my own car up and drives it, races it, drives the hauler there, works on it. You know, and I got a few few good men back home that help me with it. And uh, Tommy just said, hey, this is what time I need you here. Go spend some time with your family in the morning. And for me as a driver, you know, that was that was that was that was nice. It was kind of, you know. Do I think it made me better? I, I think it did. You know, I was more relaxed going into each night. But when I got to the racetrack every day, Tommy and the guys just had the car. I mean, it was the cleanest car in the pit area. Everything was organized. You know, it's been years for me since I raced with a team like that. You know, uh, last time I think I had done something like that was with uh, Tommy Grasso and Eddie Partridge when uh, when I raced, you know, last time I was really successful down in New Smyrna. So, um you know, it's just, it all goes to, to the team effort. And, and those guys put a strong effort all week long and uh, just made my job easy. Jimmy, one of the things I've been thinking about since Friday night after, uh, after you won the championship, when we talked, you said to me, um, this shows that I can still do it. I've been thinking about that since Friday night because we've seen you win just about everywhere, so many different races, turkey derbies, et cetera. Was there really doubt creeping into you as to whether or not you could still do this and get the job done? No, not really. You know, anybody that knows me personally knows that I will not go to the racetrack. If I if there's one doubt in my mind, I can't beat everybody there, and I don't care who shows up there. It could be Matt Hirschman, Justin Monsieur, Kyle Larson. You can, you can line them all up because they all put their shoes on the same way I do. And I'll never show up to a race that I don't think I can win. But I think a lot of the, a lot of the people out there start to doubt you. Not just only myself, other drivers too. You know, um, it goes back to you're only as good as your team. You know, um, you know, and it's not putting other teams down. It's just, you know, you got to have that right environment. Everything's got to line up. All the stars, the people. You know, just just everything. Your team, the chemistry has to be there. And You've seen it in, in the highest levels of, of NASCAR racing. It's, you know, sometimes this guy's with this team and this car, and he's fully dominant. And then he, he steps away from that, and he's going to go to a greener pasture, and he gets in the other car, and he struggles for five, six years, and then, boom, he gets in another car. Ooh, he's back to his winning ways. You know, and I think that's how it is. You know, I win on the dirt here and there. Not I'm not Mr. Consistency when it comes to racing my dirt car. I just do it because – I totally enjoy it, and I feel a, a strong sense of accomplishment when I when I do win on dirt, you know, in comparison to asphalt, just because of not doing it so often. But, um, you know, for me, I feel like I'm at my best as far as driving in my career. I just don't have the team. I didn't have the team to do it with me, you know. And Tommy Baldwin taking me on the end of last season, you know, he just he put me in the car. I basically put a post up for the Iceland 300. I was I was out of ideas to race that race, and that race was in honor of one of my best friends, if not my best friend in life, which was Eddie Partridge. You know, the guy I drove for him for a number of years. Freddie Kraft and I went to Victory Lane with Eddie a lot of times, a lot of times, close to 100. You know, and uh, you know I didn't have a ride for that race, and going into that race. <clears throat> you know, not having anything hurt. So I said, you know what? I'm not the type of person that goes online and begs for a ride. I'll, I'll figure something out. But it was getting too close. And I threw a post up there and Tommy reached out to me and he said, Hey, you need a ride. 
I said, yeah. He said, well, stop looking because you got one, you know, and uh, that was something really special to me that, that he had reached out to me and put me in the car, you know, and then prior to that week, we were headed to Caraway for the North South shootout. And I was trying, I was back home here, you know, in the shop struggling trying to get a car ready to go there because i wanted to make sure i was i was ready to go for the next week and tommy called and said hey what are you doing i said hey i'm i'm, I'm preparing a car so i can come down to caraway and, and race for you guys he said no 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 just stop what you're doing you come down and you drive my car and we'll get we'll get geared up for next week and and from that point forward i just i fell into place there you know i know he's got a few other guys that drive his car which are great great guys great kids great teammates you know, but uh, I feel the races that we do, we're gonna be, we're gonna be, we're gonna be some, we're gonna be people to be reckoned with. And how special was it that it was that black seven NY scheme that that his dad made so famous back in in the the, the late '80s through the '90s and into the early 2000s? That's what made it even more special. You know, I I asked him, and Tommy, I'll tell you, I asked him, can you paint a car like your dad's? Can you paint it like your dad's? You know, just because I grew up in the 80s, I grew up in that era of being around his father, you know, grew up with the Dillners, you know, Riverhead Raceway. My father ran for a championship, won a championship there against his father. You know, we all kind of grew up together. You know, Tommy was at my house when I was a kid, hanging out with my older sisters and, and my brother and everything. And, uh, you know, so we we go we go farther back than just racing with each other, you know, this, this last, you know, handful of races, you know, so. Just for me to be out there in that car in honor of his father, it, it, it means a lot to me. I'm, I, I was going to reach out to him today and, and ask him, you know, no matter what we do, no matter what it costs, let's, let's paint the body like your old man. You know, there's something to that, and I really want to get that, uh, that paint scheme back into victory lane, not only for, uh, for, for Tommy's dad looking down on us, but for, for Tommy and his guys. You mentioned how special Tommy Baldwin, you know, is in your relationship now. But, you know, another guy you talked about, Freddie Kraft, in your relationship. Obviously, Freddie now on the Cup Series side of things. But I'd be remiss not not ask you how special it was on Sunday to watch him nearly come a matter of inches from winning the Daytona 500 as a spotter. And obviously, the guy that goes way back in your career. What was that like for you? And I saw him yesterday. He had the 7NY hat on supporting that, you know, championship for you. So what what's your relationship like and how special is that for you to see him succeed? We're, we're, we, we talk pretty much every day, every other day, you know, uh, our relationship's still the same as it was the, the you know, the, the last time we went modified racing together, you know, we, everybody knows us, does we, he has a lifetime contract for the Turkey Derby with, uh, with whatever I'm racing, he, he's always there for me, but, uh, it was just nice to see. And, and, and I didn't realize until after the fact that all three of the top three cars spotters had come from. Tommy Baldwin racing, you know, so that says something in itself, you know, the, that, uh, that the guys that he, he handpicked to, to, to come down here and give a chance were, uh, were, were plenty capable of, of getting the job done on what he chose them to do, you know? So, um, as far as Freddie, you know, I know how much Freddie wants to win. Freddie, Freddie, I think wants to win more than I do at times, you know, and, and I don't know how you can get, get above that. You know, I just want to win everything. I want to be there first. I want the car to be the nicest. I want to win it all the way across the board. I want to be the winner. But, you know, uh, he, you know, he, he's the same way he was the first day I met him, the first time he went on the radio with me. And uh, I feel that's why he's one of the best spotters in the series. 
Jimmy, what's next for you? Uh, obviously, a lot of racing here in the last couple of weeks, and now a little bit of a lull. Uh, I saw you're entered, entered for the, uh, the Spring Sizzler coming up at Stafford. Outside of that, uh, what's on the, on the plate for you this year? Well, Tommy has a schedule for me uh, put together right now. We will, we'll, we'll be at Richmond. It'll probably be my next race with him. I, uh, I just seen Caraway on the schedule there. I'm, I'm contemplating bringing my own car to that. You know, I want to, I really want to race as many races as I can to stay sharp as possible. This way I can take full advantage of, uh, of the opportunity that I have right now. You know, I feel like the more you race, the better you are, the sharper you stay. So, you know, I have my dirt program is in full swing here. I'm just waiting to get some engines back. As soon as I get them back, I'll have that stuff together this way. If there's an off week, I can, you know, when there's an off week, I'll just go run my dirt car. And then uh, Ryan Fisher from Primary Services Group that uh, sponsored me for, you know, an FX pair that sponsored me for Speed Weeks there. I have uh, Ryan's cars here that, um, that I can basically take wherever I want. That's the cars I'm going to take to uh, the Spring Sizzler. And uh, basically, uh, wherever there's a date that we feel we want to go run, we can, we can basically fill that hole or that slot with, uh, with, with, with Ryan's equipment. Well, Jimmy, just want to give you a big, just big congratulations on all the success so far here in 2022 on that second tour type championship at the world series of Asphalt. I know I speak for Kyle and Rob here and, and, and myself of just how cool it was to see you capture that championship and much more success to you and your team as you look, as you move forward here in the season. Yeah, I appreciate it. It was great to see everyone again and, uh, look forward to doing it again. All right, well, that was Jimmy Blewett joining us here on NASCAR Coast to Coast. We'll be right back. Always good to have Jimmy Blewett joining us here on NASCAR Coast to Coast. Guys, what what do you think about Jimmy? I mean, he is an absolute veteran of this sport, but to come out in the championship, I think you kind of heard in his voice, too, how much this one really meant to him, and, and to do it with Tommy Baldwin had to have been pretty special. Yeah, there was a few nights in, in, in victory lane, you know, obviously didn't get the win, but there was a few nights talking to him. You could see him getting choked up, holding up, holding back some tears. He's just someone that, at, at this point in his career, appreciates every opportunity he's getting to go up there and run up front. I love Jimmy. I've known him for years, uh, obviously running up here uh, in the NASCAR wheel and modified tour for, for several decades now on and off doing more and more in the dirt world. Um, you know, a lot of emotion for, for Jimmy down there this week. It, you know, he, he finishes runner up in his brother's race. Um, the John blue, the third Memorial he's driving for a car owner that lost his dad to the sport uh, back in 2004 in uh, Tom Baldwin, driving the exact same paint scheme. Uh, Jimmy's just a good guy. I love when he shows up at the racetrack. Great personality, and it's going to be great to see. It's going to be fun to watch him and that Tommy Baldwin team compete this year because I think they're going to be uh, one of the teams to beat anywhere that they do show up. Absolutely. They will be ones to watch here in 2022. But we did have, also have a big Arkham Menard Series race at the Big House, Daytona International Speedway, kicking off the 2022 season, the Lucas Oil 200 presented by General Tire. And Kyle pretty much called it last uh, last episode. Corey Heim is going to be the one to watch. Well, Corey Heim is the one that captured the victory going back-to-back -back here the last two years at Daytona, picking up the big win for Venturini Motorsports, who also five in a row at Daytona, Kyle. That's a, that's a dominant run of, uh, of wins for the Arkham Nard Series, for Venturini Motorsports, and for Corey Heim just picking up where he left off. Well, you need good drafting partners at Daytona, and Venturini Motorsports it brings quite the fleet of cars every year. Uh, and they were all up front. You know, Corey Heim, Parker Chase. Um, you know, you had Gus Dean up there in the top five. Tony Bridinger had a great run in her, in her uh, debut with Venturini Motorsports this year. She was in the top five a lot of the race and finished ninth. 
Um, great event. And, uh, you know, we talked last week to Drew Dollard, you know, does the ARCA series sometimes get a bad rap because they spend often have spent more time, more laps under caution than under green. Wasn't the case last week, a couple of minor incidents. I think their biggest incident happened after the yellow came out and half the field checked up and the other half didn't. But other than that, I thought it was a great race and uh, yeah, no surprise, you know, Corey Heim class of the field went to victory lane. Yeah, and you mentioned Drew Dollar was in the mix there at the end, too. Made a little contact with Tony Browninger down the back straightaway. And unfortunately, his day was came to a close there right in the final laps of that race. But also uh, want to give a shout-out, too, to Parker Chase. He's an IMSA regular in the Michelin Pilot Challenge Series, a road racer by heart. But he comes to the NASCAR world every so often, getting a big opportunity with Venturini Motorsports, and he puts on a show. I think that just shows how cool the diverse diversity of the field there is in terms of where some of these drivers have come in their career and, and rob you get to see it you know kind of firsthand with flow oh. some of the next stars that are coming up from different different disciplines yeah it was really cool uh, on saturday after the race parker comes over to victory lane just to congratulate Corey and big bill venerini was like parker get in get in some of these pictures because you were just as instrumental in getting this win uh as Corey and in the the 20 team were so that was really cool and absolutely you know it's it's cool to see people try different disciplines and some of the best places to to learn how to do some oval racing is on the short track. So we do see a lot of interesting names show up in a pro late model or a super late model first before they start trying to make their way in ARCA or even higher levels. Daniel Dye finished third. And so he is, that's his first full-time season uh, with GMS racing. So a really good tip of the cap to Daniel Dye. But Kyle, I want to ask you as a guy who's followed the Arc Menard series for quite a while, does Daytona have any sort of indication on the rest of this season? Is Corey Heim on a championship run, or is it still kind of too early to tell? Well, yeah, I think, yes. I don't know how much of, of an indication Daytona has, but I think when you look at Corey Heim running full-time this year uh, and and the, the strength of that Venturini team, I think there's no doubt he's going to be um, a contender for the championship. I like you mentioned Daniel Dye. Um, still in high school, attends high school in, in Deland, Florida, right up the road uh, from Daytona International Speedway. I think they'll be strong. My dark horse that we, we picked last week, uh, Sean Core, family team, finished in the top five. So it was a great run for Sean. So yeah, I think Corey Heim, you know, I think the early favorite, you know, he and, uh, you know, maybe I think Drew Dollar, if, if he runs the full season, will also uh, be running for the championship. How cool was it to see that? Bob Keselowski tribute scheme that yes. Sean Clover ran on Saturday. Yep. That was that was awesome. And then to see it running up up near the front, very cool. Oh, it was so cool to see too. And obviously Brad lost Bob earlier uh, this year or late last year. So what a special moment. I'm sure that was to watch that car around the racetrack. The next competition for the Arc Menard series is coming up on March 11th at Phoenix International Raceway. Well, guys, any final thoughts? What do we think? Rob, what do you think of NASCAR Coast Coast? Now you've been here in studio. It's great. I, I, <laughs> it's it's very cool to be here. Like I said at the start of the show, thank you guys so much for having me, uh, giving me a spot to just come in and pl plug what we got going on between the NASCAR route stuff and, and on, on full racing, of course. So it's very, very cool. I'm sure we'll have you many more times here coming up this year. Kyle, final thoughts here on episode four. A great way to start the season, a great nine nights of competition. Now we have to sit back and wait another, what, couple of weeks before we get back going again. I guess my final question for Rob is what is coming up? Uh, you know, we're going to yeah. take a break here. We have some national racing this weekend on MRN with the Xfinity cars and the NASCAR Cup Series in Fontana. Uh, what, what's going on in the short track world on flow? 
Well, uh, it, it never ends on Flow, right? No. So there's That's a lot of non-NASCAR stuff. There's a, some modified stuff coming up that isn't NASCAR sanctioned uh, at Florence Speedway on March 5th. Uh, but then, you know, the, the NASCAR World Modified Tour back in action right at the start of April at, at Richmond Raceway, which I can't wait to see. I know they went back there last year, but I didn't personally get the chance to watch it because I was busy doing other things at the time. But everyone that I've ever talked to always says Modifieds at Richmond are fantastic. So I'm super excited to finally get to that one, see that. And of course, as you already mentioned, ARCA at Phoenix coming up uh, in, in just a few weeks. That'll be real nice to get to see that as well. Oh, yeah, absolutely. There's a lot going on. And if you haven't checked it out, Flow Racing 24-7, there's something for everybody, whether it's features, films, there's interviews, news articles, and of course, live stream events, thousands of them each and every year. So be sure to tune in to Flow Racing and uh, be a part of it all. So that does it for us here. Episode number four is in the books for NASCAR Coast to Coast here on the Motor Racing Network. For Kyle Rickey, Rob Blount, and myself, Chris Wilner, we'll see you next time.